Planet Worker, a world in development. Rakhine State, 2016. My colleagues and I are bouncing along an atrocious road on the way to Tungup in Rakhine State, Myanmar. The countryside is deceptively pretty, hiding deep social scars in this remote part of Myanmar. This state has seen decades of internecine violence between the dominant Buddhist population and a Muslim minority called the Rohingya. Over the last year, the tension has turned into deadly conflict. At least 237 people have been killed in the religious violence in Myanmar since June 2012, and more than 140,000 people have been displaced most of them Muslim Rohingya in Rakhine State. Despite living in Myanmar for generations, the Rohingya are regarded as immigrants from neighbouring Bangladesh by many in Myanmar and are not considered as one of the country's official ethnic groups. The fault lines are stark. Ethnic Rakhine are adamant that the Rohingya have no rights and citizenship is out of the question. This extreme view is translated into pressure on the central government, which in turn treads a conservative line on the issue. The recent conflict has been sparked by the first national census in more than 30 years. Some Rohingya have said they will write in their ethnicity in a box on the census form, despite there not being place for it. That has stirred opposition by some ethnic Rakhine, who lobby for the removal of the question of religion altogether, believing this should be assumed as Buddhist. As a result, in much of Rakhine State, home to 3.2 million people, the Rohingya are a persecuted minority, outnumbered 2 to 1 by the Rakhine population. The consequences of the violence is enduring. There has been an exodus of both Rohingya and Rakhine since the violence in 2012, the former for reasons of persecution, the latter for economic reasons. Many displaced Rohingya now live in squalid camps along the Rakhine coast with easy access to ramshackle human smuggling ships. The remaining ones live in the stultifying conditions of the camp, not daring to venture outside. Outsiders are restricted too, Despite my organisation providing support to the camps, we do not have permission to visit nor meet with Rohingyas on this trip. The ever-present eyes of the regime make sure we comply, lest we risk our Myanmar colleagues and families supported by them. It is difficult to see an end to the situation. While the Myanmar state appears to be successfully managing a transition to a democratic government, this conflict is entrenched by ethnic and religious intolerance. I have always believed Buddhism to be the most peaceful of religions with a deeply humanist outlook, less a religion than a philosophy, a way of life to create peace and harmony. But the events in Myanmar make this difficult to reconcile. The history of Buddhism in Myanmar extends more than 2,000 years and is predominantly of the Theravada tradition practiced by 89% of the country's population. In fact, Myanmar is the most religious Buddhist country in terms of the proportion of monks in the population and proportion of income spent on religion. Buddhism has always been influential in Myanmar's politics and in bringing about change at national level.
In September 2007, Buddhists took to the streets in mass protest against the military government in a movement called the Saffron Revolution. Brutally suppressed, it nevertheless created enough pressure to ensure the ruling regime had to initiate change. There is a darker side to Buddhism and the emergence of democracy, though, and it comes in the form of a surge in Buddhist nationalism with monks forming groups aimed at promoting the country's Buddhist character. Religious sensitivity runs high and many foreigners often inadvertently cause offence. It is also a movement that is intolerant of diversity, and since 2012, there has been a vicious series of pogroms against the Rohingya. Villages, schools and mosques have been attacked and burnt by Buddhist mobs, often aided by security forces. Is this reconcilable with Buddhist teaching? Apparently so, with the principal anti-Rohingya organisation, the 969 movement, taking its name from the nine attributes of Buddha, the sixth quality of his teaching, and the nine attributes of the monks. This is a national movement operating with deadly effect in Rakhine, where the Rohingya are easy prey and ordinary Burmese complicit. In the background, the leader of the democracy movement, the Nobel laureate, Dao Aung San Suu Kyi, has been shamefully silent while members of her National League for Democracy are openly involved in extremist anti-Rohingya organisations. At a school in Tugrup district, we are enthusiastically hosted by the village committee and many curious village folk and children. Crammed in the school hut, I look around at the faces of the villagers, seemingly innocent and pleasant. They brief us proudly on their management of the school and the progress of their children. Very inspiring, but somewhat tainted by the occasional jokes and barbs aimed at Muslims. I note that on the school attendance registers, the column for religion is already completely filled out with the symbol for Buddhist. The message is clear. There is literally no space for any alternative. After a day of travelling, we reached Tandwe, a seaside town starting its tourist trajectory. Under the shaded palms of a restaurant, we relax and gaze at the turquoise sea, surrounded by a mixture of tourists and wealthy locals. Later, we walk across the beach to the hotel, and I can see this becoming a tourist favourite. Beautiful, cheap, and on the face of it, safe. Like most tourist havens, it has the feel of a political cocoon. If you have money and social myopia, this is as good a holiday destination as any. Just don't look too deep beyond the masked smiles of the local people. Back in Yangon, we breathe easier, with the apparent freedom of the city. But the vigilance of the state is a constant reminder that here too, we are asked to submit our authorizations and passports for the umpteenth time to a nameless, blank-faced official at the hotel. No words exchanged, no questions asked, but the message is loud and clear as to who is in control and with whose permission we are allowed to operate. As we leave Myanmar a week later, a headline on a news site catches my attention. A mob has attacked an NGO office in Sitwe, the capital of Rakhine. 
ostensibly because an NGO worker was observed removing a national flag from the front of the office. She and her colleagues have been evacuated and at the same time an election office ransacked. I'm deeply disturbed. This is not a place of peace, nor the universal brotherhood of humankind as the underlying principle of Buddhism. And I fear for the future of Rakhine's kids. Free planet! Our planet! Free planet! Our